0: King and RJ didn't burn the place down, then this show ought to do it. Welcome to Bike Live on Motorsport 101.
1: Let's go!
0: Yes, welcome everybody to Episode 8 of Bike Live here on Motorsport 101. As we look back on the second round of the British Superbike Championship which took place last weekend on Easter Monday at Brands Hatch on the Indy Circuit where we saw a brand new winner to the championship in Luke Moss. He will talk all about his breakthrough weekend and all the other big stories from the British Superbike weekend. Shaky Burn made a return which didn't end in success and all the other big stories. We'll also look at all the big news from this week. I admit there isn't a lot of it um, but we'll also preview the upcoming Speedway Grand Prix season which is just a week away from starting. We'll also preview the third round of the MotoGP season, which is just days away at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Now, Dre is taking a very hard and break this week, so in his absence, uh, we welcome back your favourite Scouse podcast host, and mine, it's Rebecca James. Welcome back, Bex.
2: (laughs) Ah, Thank you for having me back after everything that happened last time (laughs) I (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's good to have you back. Um, now, for all the <laughs> listeners who are back with us um, this week, you may already know this, but for those that don't, here's the ways, or the many ways, you can find us uh, here on Bike Live. Um, we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. For all our weekly hangouts, you can find those on our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. You can find our podcasts where all good podcasts are available. SoundCloud, iTunes, and much, much more. All this information is available on our website, motorsport101.net. And if you want to back us financially, uh, you can by heading to Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, where your support will earn you many, many cool perks, including early access to both Bike Live and Motorsport 101. 101. And now let's begin by looking back then on the second round of the British Superbike Championship which took place on the 80 circuit at Brands Hatch last weekend. And as I mentioned a moment ago, a breakthrough weekend for one Luke Mossy who uh, has kind of been the coming man, I suppose, in British Superbikes uh, in recent years. Um, I guess it's fair to say, Bex, I mean, he's been improving as the years have gone on. This win was coming, wasn't it?
2: exactly and I mean it wasn't like um he was he was in pole position to start with and got the whole track. yeah he worked his way to the front and passed his teammate in the process and you know I think that for me shows the maturity on his head and and as I say keep coming back to the fact that he's been in and around the area he didn't quite make the showdown two years ago but did last season um and he's kind of like all been coming together it's been a I don't want to say it's been a slow process, but it's been one of, it's been a process that rightly has taken its time. And it's and, and I reckon, you know, with, with how long how young Luke Moss is, he's going to actually pay off from, from, you know, the air and the Tortoise race. It's, he's going to be there at the top for a long time now. Uh, and now it's finally clicked for him. And I'm so, so happy that he's finally got his first one. And it's uh, going to spice things up for sure.
0: It is, and, and his teammate Leon Haslam uh, taking a double podium. Um, second to Hamas in the first race, third behind Christian in the second race. So mm-hmm. before we talk about Leon, Bex, JG uh, Speed at Kawasaki, it, it's not the same team, although it has the same name, um, from last season. Yeah. Because last year it was the GB Moto team that pulled out at the end of the season when they, they ran Haslam, Ellison and Hickman. Uh, this is the Bournemouth Kawasaki team. The team that ran last season is the Quattro plant team. Um, yeah. In in BSB, that are now running as JG for the, the title sponsor moved across, um, and they've won four out of four Becks And given how dominant Ducati were towards the end of last season, that's quite a statement for Kawasaki to start the season with four wins from four.
2: Oh God, yeah. As you say the fact that it's it, it's on paper, it's it's a new team. Um, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better start for them. They've been absolutely dominant. And, and you know what? The other thing I like is that, as you just mentioned, it's not just their one main rider winning all the race is the fact that both riders mm. have split the race wins between the two and I think that's going to be absolutely paramount when you come towards the end of the season and the showdown because you're not just going to have one guy as the main hitter they could have both riders going for the title it's going to be a straight out and out battle it's not going to be the fact, case of your team might having to help the other one win the title these two could be fighting hammer and tongue to between themselves for the title and you know, that's a that's some mean feat from Kawasaki to, to be in a position and get themselves at that level at the start of the season, not just for one, but for both of their riders. Both of their riders that are at different levels as well and different stages of their career. You know, Leon Haslam's been around the block a bit. He knows, you know, whereas, you know, Luke is sort of on the rise. That just goes to show for me, demonstrates to me, actually, that that bike all round is the perfect bike. I mean, we're still early on in the season. I get that. I know that. I understand that. But on paper, you look at that championship standards at the moment, on paper, that is an all-round best bike because it fits to both riders that are of very differing abilities and both can make it work for them. And that, for me, if I was Ducati, if I was Yamaha, if I was anyone else in that paddock, I would be quaking in my boots right now because mm. I'd be thinking, hang up a minute, we've got to get our arse into gear. Because come sort of six to eight months down the line when we're in the showdown, pal, mate, they're going to be long gone. They're going to be holding hands together and going, oh, you can win this one and we'll we'll take it and you can win this one. Because they're going to be so far ahead if this carries on. If what early doors, early form shows to, to, to sort of be on paper, I'd be quaking. I really, really would. Because you've got a lot to build up and especially as you've not got just one rider to beat, you've got two uh, to really make any sort of impact to get the points back because they're both clearly as good as each other on that bike. And mate, you, they, they, everyone else needs to get their ass into gear.
0: <laughs> they and, and as much as Leon Haslam rightly says that brand's hatch Indy isn't among his favorite circuits it's not really a circuit that suits him all that much it's it's very mm-hmm. u- it's very unique circuit on the calendar there aren't really any other circuits like brand's Indy. it's as Dre said last week it's kind of the closest the bsp has to an oval um, on its calendar yeah. um and haslam came away from it with a third and a second um which ain't bad going at all for one of your weaker venues and as much yeah. as we talk about you know getting in the top six, once you're in the top six, you're a title fighter. You still need to get in there with some podium credits behind you. Um, we haven't seen a guy come from sixth to win the championship ever since the showdown came in. And it, it does look as if Haslam has learned from last season and is putting that right this season, given that he's had four podiums out of four. He knows that by the time this showdown starts, he needs a lot of podium credits in the bank, particularly if we're talking about a guy like Shaky Byrne, who's going to challenge him later on. Byrne doesn't have any podium credits yet to his name, no. even if he makes the showdown whereas Leon Haslam has 14 already
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing with the way the showdown format is set up you know, it's not just based on, on the points you can get you've got to be, you can't just be consistently sort of finishing 4th or 5th because though that yeah. might get you sneak you into the top 6, you're straight on the back foot as soon as you're in there you need to make sure that you're constantly getting the podium points, podium credits in that are all going to add up and I think that's what the the beauty of the showdown is actually is that it does reward you if you're I know it's I don't wanna say like it's being boring, but for for the way the for the showdown to really work, I think they had to give the extra incentive, the extra little bit of a reward, um when to, when to you get into the top. Six, in but, season, but, yeah. Exactly. Um I think that needed to happen. Um, and I don't have any complaints with with the showdown format. I actually I, I do quite enjoy it. I think it's quite exciting and I like the fact that it, you've got that that running it the first half of the season, shall we say, and then you get the, you reap the rewards and you've got a better chance of becoming the top contender. And for for me, Liam Haslam, it was a difficult pill to swallow. It was a difficult pill to swallow for me last season because mm-hmm. I really, really wanted him to win it on his first season back. I, I literally, I, I think I would have given an arm and a leg and literally all the money in the world to see Leon Haslam win the title last season and you know I didn't get it so be it such as life goes on but if I can get to see it this season I just want to see that you know I just want to be a part of that and if I could be at the latter end of the season this season let see if, oh wait no I can't and you'll find out as to why Later yeah. on in the show. Yeah. I've just realised yeah, I was, so I ahead I was myself about to mention excited. that.
0: Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to um, that later yeah. on. There. You might we'll be otherwise F-Y. engaged uh, at that point. Um, Possibly. Um, in, a, in, a, in a very part of the world. Um, but um, but yeah, Leon Hasland then, leads the Championship by four points um, from from Mossy yeah. at this early stage of the season. Um, are we having a bit of a Maverick-Valentino kind of scenario here with, with these two? Because a lot of people... And I don't think either of us were among these people, um, but a lot of people said that you know Maverick's going to be the sort of the understudy to Valentino early on. He's the younger rider, and he'll eventually take over when Valentino moves out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't subscribe to that, but I know a lot of people did. Um, and yep. it's kind of a similar scenario here in BSB because I don't think many people necessarily expected Mossy to be getting on top of Haslam this early um, in in their time together. Haslam, of course, one of the two standout riders in this championship last season, along with Shaky Byrne. Uh, and although he leased the championship and he's had four puttings out of four, uh, is Haslam going to have a bit of a problem with his young teammate quite soon?
2: I think so. I think he's going to be one of them pesky little gnats in the summer that you just can't seem to shake. They just keep, keep flying around your head and annoying. So you, tell you, what you else sitting in the of. Remember,
0: remember when a certain Alex Lowe's was signed as teammate to Ryuchi Kiyonari? <laughs> which, which of those two ended up as the champion?
2: Uh, I remember that season quite well. Uh, I don't know why. I don't Samsung really know. Honda. Yeah, I, I don't really know why I remember that season or why it's imprinted in my brain or why I cried when a 13-22 <laughs> went over the chequered flag. But for some reason I did. And um, I don't quite think I'll be crying like that if Luke Mossy repeats. They'll be repeats. very different tears. Um, yeah, they'll be very different tears because the bit will be under the foot this time. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think for, for, for me personally, I, I obviously didn't expect it with... Rossi and Maverick, because that was just you could just see how good Maverick was. But yeah. I thought I, I, I kind of expected Leon to, to sort of take the march at JG and you know, sort of shatter a lot, you know, take Luke Mossy under his wing a little bit. And but clearly, I need to stop predicting things in <laughs> motorsport because
0: yeah, more on that later. Uh,
2: yeah, again, you'll find out a little bit more on that one because I uh, dug myself in a little bit of a hold there. Um, but yeah. This for this if as as we say as I said before so far from the four races if what we have on paper at the championship standings standing in front of us are anything to go by then yes Luke Mossy is going to be one of them pesky little kids at school that you just can't seem to shake off when you're in the older years because you're related to him or something and they always seem to around with you he's going to be one of them to Leon Haslam and he's just going to be a pain in the backside but it's going to be an absolutely thrilling contention uh between the two if that actually happens
0: yeah it'll make for a great and championship and that's and that's what at least that gives us a bit of hope that even if like the last two seasons where the championship really had one dominant bike um two years ago it was the Yamaha last year it became the Ducati <laughs> um in BSB at least there'll be two riders on that same bike who can challenge for yeah. this um, and then you'll
2: really find out the true champion yeah, like so, do you know what I mean yeah you'll find out a... who's the better of the best of that bike when they're both on the same outfit, um, when, when you can get the champion like that, when you've got two riders and they're both on the same thing, mm. you really find out who the true, true champion is for me.
0: Yeah, and especially so. given that this circuit, Brian Hatch will host the season finale, the triple header, later in the season. Of course, it'll be on the Grand Prix layout there later in the season. This is the last we'll see of the Indy circuit in 2017. Um, the other podium spots in both races last weekend, because uh, Haslam and uh, Mossy took two of them, uh, out of three in both races. The other went to Christian Iden on the Tyco BMW. Uh, he was the sole Tycho BMW out there. We'll, we'll explain why later. Um, but what a start to the season he's having, Bex. Uh, Christian Iden is uh, up in third in the points. Um, he's already got quite a sizable gap um, mm. over seventh place. But <laughs> he, without wanting to sort of urinate all over his bonfire, he did do this last year.
2: I was going to say, I really... I really hope this isn't a serious case of history repeating itself because so he led the championship oh God, Christ- after two rounds. Well, exactly. Christian Eden had a fantastic start to the season last season, um, and then I, I mean, I was shocked, and I, I think we've all discussed many a times of just how much I like Christian Eden. But um, it kind of fell away from him. I mean, he felt like he, he, he was on the podium in the opening four races, um, and then he didn't get a podium. Up until um, Donington, uh, the third from last round of the season yeah, was over. Right. Exactly, and it, you know it kind of just felt like it was fantastic. It kind of reached the peak, and then it literally delved into the depths of hell sitting on that uh, BMW. And he kind of managed to crawl his way back out towards the end of the season. But as you say, it, it was too little, too late. And hopefully, this season doesn't happen again. But the BMW for me has got to start being more consistent we've talked about the heartbreak that i went through when they switched uh to bmw that obviously Tyco, the main sponsor switching uh to, to bmw and we discussed at length um in previous seasons of this show how much i disagreed with that mm-hmm. move and then had to eat my words last season in the opening four rounds and then got proved right um mm. but i'm gonna claim it as a minor victory yeah, well, yeah, in my I'd head take
0: them where we can get them at the minute
2: Exactly. Yeah, because I'm not getting them in any other places (laughs) with my predictions, so I'm going to claim that one. Um, So, fingers crossed. I mean, I think Christina is a fantastic rider and one for me that always tends to go unnoticed. I don't know whether it's just me because I quite like the guy and I think he's a really... I've chatted to him uh, loads when when we've been at Live Live and stuff. And he Mm. just seems a really nice and really friendly guy. He does. Um, I don't know whether that's why I noticed that he doesn't get much media attention off anyone else, but he just seems to get um, with his job go and really go under the radar. You don't get to see much action of him when he's on track on the race days like on TV, and you don't really hear much about him unless he's broke his leg or, you know, whatever the case may be. So um, for me, if he can just keep his head down, keep whacking in a few podiums every now and again, and, and, and not tail off like he did towards the middle to end of last season, then uh, it'll
0: be a vast improvement. Yeah, talking to M. C. N. after the double podium that he had on on Easter Monday, um, he, I don't know whether this really fills me with much confidence. To be honest, he talks about how he wasn't that positive at the start of the season because he was getting frustrated with the same issues as last year. Um, good. Talking about the gremlins he had in testing, um, even at Donington we got a podium, but it was a good it was a good circuit for him and the BMW, which. Kind of, he says, explains why he was so quick there because the circuit suited. Um, so I even left there without being too happy, but we've really turned things around this weekend. Uh, we've made a few slight chassis changes, nothing too massive, but it's a big improvement. We still haven't got a motorbike. I feel I can race properly, but we're getting there. Um, so
2: that is I, worrying,
0: though. Yeah, I just hope he does get there because if he was, if in the early stages of the season it was kind of following a similar pattern to last season, well, how far is that pattern going to carry on for? Is he going to suddenly tail off again? Because Again, without wanting to, again, without wanting to sort of relieve myself over his bonfire, there are a number of guys outside the top six who will cover in a little bit, who will surely get stronger as the year goes on and get in. Um, and mm. you do worry whether he might be one of the ones that falls by the wayside later on in the year. He has got a thirty-three point cushion over seventh place in the points, which even at this early stage is a lot. That's a lot of points to to having in your back pocket. So, so we'll see if Hidden can keep that up. Um, because I think he's a guy that we'd all like to see getting that showdown, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can carry that on. Because he's still chasing his first BSB win, so that'll be another um, another milestone that will tick off fairly soon. There
2: will be tears if he gets his first uh, when he gets his first win. If he gets his first win this season, there will be tears because I just think he deserves it. Yeah, I, I just think I think it'd be a nice, be a nice, a nice, cushy little weekend. And if he got the double, mate. I don't think I'll be able to talk on the show, which <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people will be relieved at. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, which accent will it be in? That's the question. I don't um, know.
2: I, I wouldn't have decided.
0: No. Uh, yeah, yeah. we know what your angry accent is, but which regional accent are you going to when you're emotional? Who knows? Um, will there have been tears at b Ducati uh, at the end of Monday? Possibly, but not the kind of happy tears, I'm afraid, um, given what happened in race two. Race one kind of went all right for shaky burn on his return. Of course, he didn't race. At Donington a couple of weeks ago because he crashed at the Crane of Curves in morning warm-up and picked up a concussion, um, which meant that the organisers, quite rightly, pulled him out of there uh, and told mm-hmm. him that he wasn't racing for for the good of his own safety and health. Um, but he did race at Brands on, on the Indy Circuit, qualified on the second row and then finished fourth in race one, kind of fell victim of being in the wrong group, really, uh, in that first race because he had the pace to run at the front but got detached from the leading group early on after a bad start. And by the time he got through to the front of that second group, the front three were well away from 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 where he was. And he ended up in a bit of a lonely fourth. Um, Yeah, in race two, Bex, he looks a lot more competitive, got himself up to third. But literally Mm -hmm. within about 10 meters of getting himself up into third, the front went away from him uh, at clearways and down he went. And it it, it is very, very early in the season for shaky burn. But given that he missed the first two rounds, he can't really afford many of these DNFs, can he?
2: Uh, No, I mean, I think it was just a case of just trying so hard to get up there.
0: Mm, That's effectively Um, three non-scores out of four now.
2: Well, exactly. And you know what that means? We've got a race on our hands. And uh, I don't mean to say anything. I'm trying to find the right words, but you know I'm not very good at English. (laughs) And I just tend to say things and then think about them. And it just always ends up making me look bad. But... However... In a roundabout way, I obviously don't like the fact that he crashed out obviously but by missing the opening few rounds the fact that he's opened the championship so, so wide so early on with having the two guys top doing the doubles over the two weekends you know i think he's going to make an interesting yes. end of the season when shaky does obviously get it together because he's there's no day in my mind that he's not going to make the top six you know at the end of the day this is shaky burn a bit. it's like he's,
0: he's a safe bet
2: points off exactly but normally i when shaky burn wins left right and center i, I do tend to get a little bit bored because for <laughs> me it's not like when it's in what we've got in world Superbikes with jr winning most races we still have a fight for the race, I think, because there's so many other manufacturers that are so close. But towards, you know, over the last few seasons, as you say, there's been one dominant bike and they just kind of ran in the wind with it. You know, I do find myself yawning a little bit and I think that's what's going to make it good this season. And if the likes of JB can come good, we'll come on to him in just a little bit. And some of the other guys, the fact that we've got... Uh, new blood coming into the season actually doing quite well so early on it's gonna make it a really interesting finish and i think that you've got to take advantage of the fact that shaky burn having a bad start missing the opening two rounds only finishing one race crashing out of another race because you don't get that break from a rider of his caliber many times and you've literally just been given or gifted, you know, X amount of points on the standings. Because he's missed out on 75 points, in effect. Yeah. He's missed three races at 75 points that he's missed.
0: And he only took 13 you points need to, the one that he explored. Exactly.
2: You need to capitalise on that and really steal a march Because you literally will hear the Jaws music in about two rounds time when he's creeping up on your ass. So make the most of the fact that he ain't there at the moment and he's struggling. Because yeah. when we do get that, he's going to come back with such force, you ain't going to realise what's hit you, but you're also going to be able then to be within touching distance of him anyway. So I, I just think it's great that we're going to finally have a championship contention proper on my hands and not the fact that I'm just going to be like, oh, see that, mate? We're in yeah. the showdown. You're in the front. Adios. There's a the total. Why, yeah. why bother racing these these six races? Cause... Yeah, we, certainly,
0: we certainly don't want to see shaky fighting for the BSB Riders Cup, do it later in the year? Um, he, he, um, he uh, said after the weekend um, this is a great little snippet from shaky after the weekend he said if I looked at the main championship right now, I'd probably slit my wrists. Um, but I can't sit here thinking, if I make the showdown, if I went racing to make the top six, we shouldn't even be here. We'll get it in that top six. We'll do some winning and recover some podium credits ready for the main showdown in the, when it starts later in the season. There's a long way to go. Um, so oh, Shaky it, yeah. is very confident. In fact, he sounds convinced that he's still going to be in the top six um, come later in the season. But what is interesting is that one of those riders that we mentioned who's there to be shot at, uh, if Shaky does get in the showdown, is his teammate. Because Glenn Irwin is currently sixth in the championship. So at the moment, B-Wise Ducati have a man in the top six, but it's not Shaky Burn. Um, so um, that might be an interesting kind of dilemma for the team later in the season. If, um, if Irwin's defending one of those showdown spots from Shaky, um, who's coming on strong later in the mm. season, um, yeah, that might be a little bit of a dilemma that they don't really want to deal with. No, because the then season. we're going
2: to... Then we're going to open up one of my favourite kind of worms. worms, which is called Team Orders. And then that's when I go on a rant for about half an hour. And I don't know, I think I'll go even worse than Scouse if that comes into play <laughs> towards the end of this season. Because, oh my God, if you want to annoy me, start whacking out them Team Orders, because I will tell you what I think of you. It really groans my gears.
0: Yeah, Speaking from experience, uh, she's not joking, listeners um anyone who knows how the uh, 2014 <laughs> world Superbike finale panned out with tom's Sykes and loris baz knows that um <laughs> any, but but anyway um back to bsp sorry on a um, broader note on a brighter note well glenn owen as i say he's in at the moment he's sixth in the championship mm-hmm. um he crashed literally two minutes before shaky at the same corner uh, in race two um when he was running just behind that leading group in fifth shaky was running third when he fell off Um, So B-YC saw a lot of championship points disappear into that same gravel track uh, in race two. Um, One of the big beneficiaries of those two crashes in race two was Josh Brooks, um, uh, who Bex alluded to a moment ago. Uh, Only 10th in race one, but with those issues in race two for guys ahead of him, he climbed up to fourth um, on the Anvil Hire Tag Racing Yamaha. And although he hasn't necessarily had an explosive start to the season, Bex, um, can he have too many complaints? He's fourth in the championship at the moment.
2: Well, I'm going to get the tissues out because <coughs> it still pains me that he is back here for one. And yes. I'm going to explain that as for why because I've only been on this show once so far this season, so I don't, I don't think I've had my side Corin remember not remember. Vents, Vents. But I don't think we got to see the real JB at all last season. And it really frustrates me that he didn't get a second ball to the apple. I think it's damn right disgraceful that... He's had to come back to the BSB because no offence to this series, but I honestly, honestly believe he could have given it a fair crack of the whip at World was Superworks and actually made a career for it in there. And it's you know like I'm not I'm not knocking the BSB series at all, but I just don't think he got a fair roll of the dice at all. And when you think of what's happened to his former teammate of when he was in that series last season, then it really does make me blood boil. Um, but hey ho. We're still getting to watch him race, as you can probably tell, he's one of my favourite Rodgers. Um, oh, so say. I'm still getting to watch him. No, no I don't, at all. <laughs> I did not get excited on Girly screen when I saw his bike at Autosport, no. at all.
0: No, you didn't um, take about 10 pictures of it.
2: No, from every which way angle possible, understand their stereotypes. Incl- including the, in the one with
0: bit. the uh, the second star on the front of the bike that yep. hasn't been coloured in yet.
2: Oh, mate, if. <sighs> The only person I think I would want uh, Leon Haslam to lose the title to this season would be Josh Brooks. And I swear to God, if it's them pair, round three, Brands Hatch, the end of this season, going for it, winner takes all, I probably won't be able to watch that race. I don't know, I won't have any fingernails, toenails, my mates won't have any fingernails left. I would literally be on the edge, I would be an emotional wreck. For every single one of them laps, probably make a lot of entertaining tweets. Um, but I will be in the middle of the Black Ridges somewhere in the West Midlands, crying into a pillow, just making sure that at least one of them's made it home. So they call, at least one of them can have the time. it'll be a bittersweet. But for me, for Josh Brooks, yeah, it ain't been. He uh, can't have any complaints about the start because when we were talking off air, at the start of the season, when the announcement came that he was coming back and he was going to be uh, with Anvil, I had my reservations. Even as the massive Josh Brooks fan I am, I—I'll I, be honest, I did. I didn't think it would work out. I didn't think it was it's not the a, right.
0: It's not a team we're used to seeing race at the front.
2: Exactly, and but I went and watched Fast and Furious <laughs> twice, <laughs> and then uh, there's there's a point to this story. Twice in two nights, and as Vin Diesel says. It's not what's under the hood, it's who's behind the wheel. And it's not what's in that engine, it's what's riding the bike. And Josh Brooks can ride the back end off any bike, no matter what. Because he proved that on his day, sort of, last season. And that's why it's annoyed me that we didn't get to see the best of him. No, but on occasions, we got glimpses of what he can do. And that bike weren't fit for him last season. It weren't fit for that championship last season. And he still rode the back end off and got some points still finished above his team mate so you know what this season exactly the time and in the words of Indies, or well, brooks can make it work because he's got the he's he's got everything about him uh he's still fourth in the championship all that matters for me is that he keeps going and he keeps plucking away he gets a couple of championship uh, podium credits he keeps plucking away at the championship points and gets himself in the top six with a fair few beyond him So he can give it a a proper good go. He got dealt a really crap deal, if I'm honest. Um, Hmm. But the Aussie spirit never dies, and you'll also know that or learn across the the length of this season that I'm a big Aussie fan as well. (laughs) Um, Sorry, all my secrets are coming out tonight. And you know he's gonna hopefully he'll make the best out of a bad situation. Fourth in the championship, he's got one podium at three, and he's the top Yamaha at the minute. I ain't arguing with that. I think that's
0: a great start. Yeah, yeah. and and, because I'm thinking back to his championship year of of 2015, he wasn't exactly up the front at the start of that season, was he? he didn't start great. He he got stronger as the year went on. So I guess the hope for for Josh Brooks is that he does the same this time.
2: He just went on that run.
0: He went on a tear, didn't he, Sort of from mid-season where he was unbeatable. So yeah, I'm not sure he'll do that this season, but I think he'll certainly get better as the year goes on. Um, don't his... make
2: me eat your hat as well, Lewis. because like, I made Dre eat his hat. Look like, when like, not last was it last season or the season before? I can't remember. I think it was the season before, were not it, with the Scott Redding podium? Yes. Um and I should Dre up then so don't make me if Josh Brooks goes on that one of them tears again this season, I'll want one of them for similar photos on Twitter of you eating your hat too.
0: Yeah, yeah, good luck with that one. Um but but, <laughs> but no the point I was the point I was leaning up to Um, was that the the teams that are going well at the start of this season, or the teams and riders, are the ones that have benefited from that kind of continuity from last season. And Haslam and Mossy are both on Kawasaki's as they were last year. Iden's on the BM as he was last season. Um, And they've had a lot of the podiums. And Glenn Irwin, who had a podium... Um, back at Donington is another one who's benefiting from the same team, same bike as last season. So I think there are a number of team rider combinations that are still sort of finding themselves, if you like, at the moment in, in 2017. I, I think Josh Brooks and, and Danville Tag are one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I, I think he'll get there as the season goes on. Um, yeah, he made the point that they started the weekend with a, very, a bike that was very, very difficult to ride. Um, so he's taking the positives from where they are. He says he wouldn't change a thing uh on the bike we just need to work a little more on the rear suspension we're really close um and that's the thing at the moment bsp is so close that if you find a couple mm. of tenths a lap that could take you what four or five places in in, in any race so yeah. um so josh brooks certainly has a lot to be positive about um as bex mentioned he is the top yamaha rider in the championship and the main reason for that i suppose is how badly james ellison's monday went um, because yeah. he because he looked like the man to beat on, on Sunday, he took pole position, set the fastest ever motorcycle racing lap of the Brands Hatch Indy Circuit, a forty four point seven in Q three. Um, no one had ever done a sub forty five second lap before before this weekend. Um, so I listened to taking pole with it out, with a lap record, and then this is this is kind of James Ellison in a nutshell, isn't it, Bex? Because he because he was so quick, put it on pole, led race one, crashed out of race one nosed the bike into the gravel trap and into the wall and the bike was so badly bent that it wasn't properly fixed for race two and Josh uh, James Ellison leaves Brands from a weekend where he could quite easily have taken 50 points. He left with zero.
2: Yeah, it's good to see that, you know, not everything changes. Mm. Um, it just, just seemed to be the one thing that annoys the life out of me. And I, I mean, for me, last season, James Ellison was probably one of the riders of the year i really i don't think there was one race with him in it that i didn't enjoy um you know he didn't finish a few of them but
1: mm. yeah,
2: true. that that be a side Ned's you know Taylor. the ones that he, yeah he, he, he is he has got the entertainment factor and it is sheer heartbreak that we've got to that point again and as you say like, we could, instead of, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Luke Massey, but instead of saying that, you know, this this young kid that's coming up with JG has got the double, we could have been on about James Ellison with that, and it'd have been completely different kettle of fish. But I'm sure he'll turn it round. You know, he is consistent. That is the one thing I'll say about him, is that you know nine no times out on of ten of what you're going to get with James Ellison. You, you know when he's on one he's on one and when you know when you're gonna get a bad weekend you're gonna get a bad weekend
0: and... it's just his luck boy, isn't it? because exactly. cause it wasn't exactly a high-speed crash it was at one of the slowest corners yeah. on the circuit it was down at druids that uh, turned Two. um bike hits the wall and he, he then got it to t- I'll tell the, the story of how this panned out for those that didn't see the action at the weekend he he gets the bike out onto the grid for race two and as he pulls up on the grid um and james whittam's sort of nosing around trying to get an interview with him He's he's telling his his pit crew that the bike doesn't feel right. That basically any time he tries to tip it into a corner, the bike wants to stand up again. Um, And basically his sort of summation was that in the rebuild job, something hadn't been fitted right or something hadn't been um, fixed quite right. Um, So they were frantically sort of faffy around with the bike on the grid in the sort of three minutes they had up until the the start of the parade lap or the two parade laps they have because it's such a short track. He went around on the two parade laps and then boxed at the end of the parade lap because he just said the bike didn't feel right and he didn't feel that it was safe to race um so it was it was the compound effect of not only crashing out of race one and losing 25 points but he was meant to be on pole for race two because he'd set the fastest lap before he crashed and that would have been Mm -hmm. a great shot at winning race two and he never got to start it um which is just james ellison's luck and yeah yeah, without wanting to sound be be all doom and gloom with with james ellison becks we we know it's going to be so competitive this season to make the six to get in the showdown. So when you're on a weekend where you've got a potential race-winning bike, you cannot afford to come away from the race weekend without any points at all. You've got to bank yeah.
2: them. Oh, God, yeah. He has kind of shot himself in the foot. And, you know, the, the thing that really annoys me with, with James Anderson is the fact that on his day, he can be a massive spoiler factor. Yeah. He will be the best of the best and he will be untouchable. And he proved that but a lot of times he was setting up brands and, and that's the thing that really just makes you sit there and scratch your head like, oh, why do you never get the look of the green? Um, And and it really is frustrating for him. But I know he's missed out on 50 points and, and all the podium credits. I understand that. But I wouldn't get too worried about it early on because mm-hmm. at the, if he can make the boys do that, then we're not going to say that he can't go to the next round and do exactly the same and pull it in exactly... And another performance that puts him on pole sets in the fastest lap. And, you know, he might bring it home next time. You know, it's one of them. It's difficult because it's frustrating that he's missed out on what could have been a magical weekend. But he's a good enough rider to pull it back. Yeah. Does yeah, that make all, sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. All, like I said, all I worry about with Ellison is, is that, you know, big championships aren't won by the points you should have got. They're won by the points you, you actually did get. Um, so, so yeah. that's, that's my worry with he's Ellison got... is he, he going to be this strong uh, a, a few other circuits uh, across the calendar where he doesn't quite have the same great record that he has because he's, he's always been brilliant at Brands um, That's it's one of his sort of uh, p- well, prime yeah, I mean, circuits on the calendar So
2: he won the last two races of last season at Brands at the end exactly. of the day he's, 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 he's amazing there he's so there. good
0: there so whether he's that good at, at Knockhill and, and Cadwell and etc I, I hope he is because if he is then we you know, he's another real threat to win this championship as it stands at the minute ellison is currently ninth in the championship on 21 points so he is currently uh count them up he's 15 points off the showdown at the moment um still so early but it, it, it is gonna be something we're gonna need to keep an eye on um as to which riders yeah. are in the top six and who is trying to knock them out because there are a number of big names outside of it um no suzuki riders in that top six and this new suzuki bex um new suzuki superbike it's having a tough start kind of like the honda i suppose um, mm. in, in BSB at the moment. Um, it, it's doing great in Superstock. Richard Cooper winning uh, last weekend on the new Suzuki, but it's, it's having a tough start with Sylvain Gintoli in BSB. Although, Bradley Ray had a cracking race on it. And, and we're talking about Luke Mossy as perhaps the new blood that BSB needs. Bradley Ray at mm. 19 years old, taking eighth on that new Suzuki in race two, ahead of a lot of big names. He beat the likes of uh, John Hopkins and Sylvain Gintoli, um, won an ex-world champion, won an ex-MotoGP podium finisher. He beat Michael Laverty. He beat Tommy Bridewell, who've both won BSB races. I mean, those are quite a few scalps that a 19-year-old rookie is taking on a brand new bike.
2: Yeah, I mean, just a point separates uh, Bradley Ryan and Gintoni at the moment in the championships as it stands. And I know Gintoni's had a really difficult start to the season so far, but. Uh, you can't take anything away for, for, from what Bradley Ray did. And if you'd have asked me at the start of the weekend if I'd have thought that the kid would have got into the top 10, I'd have t- probably said, What are you smoking? Um, are you going to share? Because if you're going to be on Claire land like that, then I want to join you. Like, <laughs> th- th- I did not expect that result. And, and that's no disrespect to him at no, all. Not I just. At all. It's, it's just one of those where you sit and you, you, you kind of, especially when you're at work, as much as like what me and you are, especially over a race weekend. I'm lucky if I get one off at the moment. Um, and you're scrolling through the results when you're on your break and you go, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay, right. Uh, pardon? Hang up a minute. Yeah, and you have to, you know, you do that thing that what old people do when they can't really see properly and they the move everything around. <laughs> they move like the paper in every which way direction. You're kind of doing that with my phone going, hang up, I'm pretty sure. That says that Bradley finished an eighth angle permit. Yeah,
0: it's one of those where you look at it and just think, wow, this kid's good. Um yeah. just at nineteen. I stood there
2: years and old. was like, honestly, boss, there is definitely just Pepsi in this glass. I have not put any vodkas in it, mate, because I I just couldn't get over the result. Um but
0: it's, it's even more impressive when you, you go into the story of his race weekend as well, because um he had he had a couple of crashes in practice which left the team short of parts. Sylvain totally then decided he didn't want to use the factory parts that had been causing him some problems. He was struggling for a setup. So he effectively was gonna run the standard parts, which meant that Bradley Ray, to basically get a bike out in the races on Monday, they had to take some parts off a bike on Suzuki's show stand at Brands Hatch and put them <laughs> on Bradley Ray's race bike, and he still finished eighth on it. Absolutely a phenomenal story,
2: absolutely phenomenal. You know, to say he's nineteen years of age um, and and just it's exciting to see. If you look sort of five, six years in the future, you can see where BSB's going and yeah, that's cause, what we've keep people involved. Yeah. He's younger than you, Lewis.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and Brad, he's a double Bradley is considerably younger than me. Um, yeah,
2: Bradley Ray's younger than me, so I can't say anything.
0: Yeah, so um yeah, that's that's, that's the kind of uh, age a rider we're dealing with here. Um, and, yeah, he's already claiming, as I say, some big scalps in this championship. Um, so um, so props to Bradley Ray for a, a fantastic weekend. Um, fortunately, Damian Giuliano's weekend never even got going um, at Brands. He uh, had a crash on Saturday in free practice, um, a really unlucky crash as well. Down at the bottom of the hill heading to Graham Hill Bend, he crashed. And rather than going off into that massive grass verge on the outside, he kind of crashed on the way down the hill to the corner, ended up hitting the armco um, on the outside of the of the track. Um, and as a result, suffered some pretty uh, painful injuries, which meant that he couldn't race uh, last weekend. I mean, we we kind of expected this anyway, given that he was riding riding on a new championship, new circuits, um, on a BMW he'd never ridden before. But yeah, Davide Giuliano Bex, He's finding a BSB even tougher than I think we all imagined.
2: Yeah, I it's mean, hurting it's, him at
0: the it's
2: minute. it is it is. Um, but you can't. You know, we know we knew at the start of the season. The, how much of a fantastic rider that David A is, and uh, I, I just think you've got to give him time yet. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be a difficult. Such a big. It, it sounds stupid, but and we always say it's, I mean, it's a massive jump from BSB to World. It's just, it, it's a similar. It's, a, it's a culture jump. change, if the girls. It's... it's a similar jump down, and he's got a, you know, he, he's racing on tracks that he doesn't really know. He's got acclimatized to, to being over here. I mean, I'm not saying he lives in England because he he was unsure if he was going to live in England, wasn't he? Um, yeah. At Motorcycle Live, but he never, never ridden whether at the he M has, before. whether he has or whether he hasn't moved to England, he's got to acclimatize to the weather, flying in all the time. As you say, he's never ridden that bike before. It's it's going to be so hard for him, um, you know. And it's it's it, it, it's not as easy as you know. It, it's even the best roads in the world in the greatest will in the world they cannot jump off one manufacturer onto another and have it click like that for them Mm. so give him time
0: okay we'll give him time the only thing that worries me for for giudiano is that the circuits that i guess we expected him to sort of find life difficult at we haven't even arrived at yet i mean you think circuits like Knockhill and cadwell and and snetterton places like that places that he's that aren't even that haven't even hosted world championship races before like I mean, Donington, he'd had been to before for the first round because obviously worlds go there. Um, yeah, Brands, but that, that's it. Yeah, Brands is a tough circuit, especially the indie circuit. It's it's not a circuit that it's that not he a would, fair kind, kind of circuit you've seen before. Um, and it's Alton Park next up, and he, I'm assuming you'll have tested there. Of course, you won't have got been in the official test that took place today as we record this. Um, but he, uh, I'm sure he will have been there over the course of the winter so yeah we'll give him time on that it's 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 a baptism of fire that we're finding unfortunately for Giuliano at the moment and we hope that he, he gets stronger because it's I think he's a kind of rider that the championship would really benefit from having Giuliano up the front um, and yeah. if anything he can take heart from his teammate Christian because he, he clearly can see that the bike will do it um, so, uh, so we'll see on that one uh, here's how the weekend ended up then mostly the winner in race one from Haslam and Iden. That was your podium. Chicky Byrne just missing out in fourth. Then came the first of the new Honda Fireblades. Dan Limfoot taking fifth, ahead of Glenn with sixth. And Jason O'Halloran on the second of the Hondas in seventh. Uh, Michael Laverty, Peter Hickman, and Josh Brooks completed the top ten. Uh, race two, Mossy the winner again. This time it was Iden getting the better of Haslam for second. Brooks up in fourth. Uh, O'Halloran this time, the first of the Hondas in fifth, ahead of Limfoot in sixth. Peter Hickman seventh. Brad Ray, the aforementioned, in eighth. Ahead of John Hopkins, ninth on the Moto Rapido, Ducati, and Sylvain Guitoli on the Bennetts Suzuki. Championship looks like this: Haslam leads it on 80, uh, 86 points at the moment. That's five clear of Mossy, um, and Haslam is only one point ahead of Mossy in the podium points, fourteen to thirteen at the moment after two rounds. Uh, Christian is third on sixty five. Then comes Brooks on forty eight. Hickman is fifth, the, uh, kind of quietly having a really good start to the season on the Smiths-BMW, Peter Hickman. He's fifth on 37, then comes Glenn Owen on 36. Those who show down six at the moment. Um, Jason Halloran is in seventh, he's four points outside of it um, and two ahead of his teammate, Dan Linfoot. James Ellison and Michael Laverty, the two McCam's Yamaha teammates, tied for ninth and tenth on 21 points. Shaky Byrne is on 13 points, so he's 23 off his teammate who holds the last showdown spot at the moment, but still a long Long way to go. Um, As far as the support classes are concerned, we already mentioned Richard Cooper, who won the first of the two Superstock races on that new Suzuki. The second of them went to Ian Hutchinson, star of the TT, of course. um, Whereas in Super Sport, it's all about the name Mackenzie, Taran McKenzie, who, of course, won the championship last season, has now won four out of four in the Supersport class this season. He has a perfect 100 points. Um, He won the uh, second of the three races ahead of Alistair Seeley, who is riding the Spirit Moto2 bike, uh, which is an interesting story in itself, in that that bike, of course, is a Moto2 bike running in the Supersport class, so it doesn't qualify for championship points, um, but it is allowed to race and compete. Uh, Seeley took second in that second race, and it's also powered by a Triumph engine, is that that Moto2 bike. And, of course, Triumph is strongly linked with the uh, engine supply, ideally Moto2 Uh, From 2019 onwards in the Grand Prix class, when Honda decide they've had enough. Um, So, CD doing a good job on that bike, although, of course, he doesn't have a championship position because his bike is not qualifying for points. Taron McKenzie leads that championship already by some 40 points, from David Allingham having taken four wins out of four. Right, now let's do the news, Um, and not a lot of it this week. um, given that MotoGP is in the middle of 2 re-race weekends and World Superbikes is having its first of many long breaks between rounds their return uh, in a week's time at Assen um, and Assen is going to be uh, sticking around on the calendar, Bex, for another five years um, it signed the extension this week, this is uh, this is very dawn of this because they've done this a lot in MotoGP recently where they've signed long-term extensions for a lot of its venues and I don't think there is a single World Superbike fan that isn't happy to learn that Assen is going to be sticking around for another five years
2: Oh my god, no! I was so, so happy when I heard the news. It's a massive boost for the sport. It is, for me, it's, it's in one of my top five uh, racetracks ever, all round. Um, and there's a few good contenders in there. You can probably guess two of them. Um, but for me, I'm so happy. I mean, it just means a lot for, for World Superbike in general. It's a great circuit. You always get great racing. The last few corners are literally breathtaking, especially on the run to the line. You never know what the weather's going to do and who doesn't love the psychological mind games that Mother Nature plays. Hmm. And when you've got one of the most talented young riders in the series that calls that his home circuit, mate, everyone's a winner.
0: Absolutely. Um, Michael van der Mark, who... Actually, it's going to be interesting (laughs) They signed a five-year extension, but will Vandermark be around in World Superbikes for those five years? No, he, he's he'll of, probably probably
2: have gone to MotoGP Yeah, he's one of the, the guys that's
0: sort of leading the list for making the switch, isn't he, Vandermark? So, uh, um, so yeah. That, My that...
2: tip is: Are you ready for this? Are you ready for me to be highly embarrassed in about two years' time? Oh, here we go. Danny Pedrosa will move to. I'm not going to say he's going to leave MotoGP, but he will leave Reptile to Honda and go to another bike, maybe a Honda. Um, just not one of the factory teams, and Marco Van der Mark will be the guy that replaces him.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, mark that one down, listeners. Um, if you've been following, because even other though, then um, yeah, make, try not to put money on it Maybe e- a friendly wager with a
2: mate. <laughs> even though Mark Van left Honda now, obviously in World Superbikes, I reckon Honda still got tabs on him. And when you oh, look yeah. at the move that has been made with Yamaha, um, obviously Maverick coming in. Rossi's going to have another couple of seasons, yet yeah. I don't think that the move will be there in time well, hey, for if, if, if Mod- Yamaha, like Vandermark him, to might, come he over. He might turn
0: up on a Tech 3 bike. You, you never know. In, in, in the I don't know. Years. I reckon, he, um, I reckon I mean, he'll
2: turn it down if there's, a fa- if there's a full factory sort of reps or Honda on offer to the Tech 3. I guess, I guess one three.
0: thing we, we should say, Bex, and this is a brilliant tangent into one of your favourite topics, if, if, if Vandermark's going to earn a MotoGP spot, he's going to have to get the better of his teammate, isn't he? Yes. Which he has Battle so on.
2: No and that is good yeah, so you, haven't, you haven't had a chance so to talk about well
0: super on this show yet so um i haven't so um so what have you made of it so far particularly uh, your boy alex lowes <laughs> uh
2: boy doing good i've tweeted that a few times over the, yes. the, the the six races that we've had so far uh yeah what was it i got off memory Four, fourth, the sixth, and the 13th hmm. off the top of my head i think that's what we've had um, obviously, just finishing outside the podium on uh, on several occasions, four to be exact. Great start, couldn't ask for any better, you know. Especially with how strong the uh, the podium finishes have been so yeah, far this season. Exactly and Alex hasn't it. been exactly. Alex hasn't exactly been that far off the mark when he's finished fourth. He's, he's been in sight of the leading pack. Um, well, you know, Just, win just a little won a a bit. bit. Philip
0: Island, didn't
2: he? Race one. Oh well, yes, he did nearly win, and yes, there the was a lot of. Holy Jesus Christ, I'm going to collapse in a minute if, that's, if this happens. There's also a lot of... I'm going to get a nose read in a minute if you stay in that position. Um, <laughs> I, I love him a lot, but I do take the it out of him as well. Um, it's all friendly banter, obviously I don't mean it. Um, uh, the 6th, again, you know, wasn't, you know, could have been better, but at least he managed to get the bike home and still get a good haul of points. The 13th, well.
0: Yeah, let's move on from that.
2: Um, I wasn't the happiest oh, and yeah, i don't no, know wasn't.
0: It, hang on what was the tweet you put out um just
2: if, if, me, if you can find listeners. that tweet um that i put i obviously had literally just tweeted because he was doing really well and i know he'd, he'd lost the lead because he, he was out front and he, he dropped a second then he dropped a third but i was i was literally like can we drop the checkered flag right, we, we please? found we found
0: the tweets in question if, if you don't like naughty language listeners uh, you might want to skip Let ahead a minute. Um, the first one is simply reads its three words. They are, oh, piss and off, um, <laughs> uh, along with four angry-faced emojis, um, before the second tweet reads, absolutely bollocks. I think you meant absolute bollocks, but you were so angry you added a there. That uh, was going so well. Can't quite understand what he actually did. Went in too hot, question mark. As it turned out, he had a false neutral, um, yes. which which sent him down, so it wasn't actually his fault. No, um, no, but, yeah, no, but yeah. I was Bex, so upset. Bex didn't take the news all that well. <laughs> Unfortunately, um,
2: um, but,
0: I know who the eh? Um But but next weekend, while we're, we're on the subject of Yamaha, um, that this would be a, a, an interesting weekend for Lowes to get the better of Vandermark because I think we're all kind of thinking to ourselves, could next weekend be the weekend that Vandermark gets that first win? Surely it's going to happen. It's going to happen next weekend at Assen, right? Uh,
2: yeah, because I mean, he made the Honda go so great yeah. last season there uh, and got the, got the one podium. at what? yeah he did he got race two yeah he got the minute, one i was gonna say because he, he nearly got the he was he was close to getting the double but i can't remember what happened in race one
0: yeah race one he was uh, fighting johnny ray for the win wasn't he and he crashed on the second to last lap. yes that's
2: um, the one causing
0: uh um, the first of many jack burnicle screams
2: yes that's the one i see it's always a good job that i got you because i know it's in there somewhere it just takes a minute or two to get to the forefront of the brain
0: incidentally yeah uh, well, well, well i'm gonna oh, go off on a complete tangent here because I, I wanted to crocky. bring this up have you seen the uh, twitter account that i've i know today this week called burnicle bingo
2: no but oh i think i God, want to follow this
0: yeah yeah if you, if you if you like your bsb listeners go and follow this because this is brilliant they they have their own like basically bingo card for each bsb weekend with that uh, with chap burnicle um, oh man and the and the phrases to look out for um his his phrases what's it called
2: burnicle bingo. At
0: burnicle bingo on on twitter all on word burnicle bingo um and the uh round two scorecard or the bingo card um they they do one for each new round so you can you can play along um for brand round two the options were um incorrect corner name yes injuries uh, one of three racing brothers um speeding gear through a section any other riding name motocross or speedway a former occupation gwyn turley um for, for, for Gintoli um which actually he's Gintoli Gwin, is the right way of pronouncing it we all pronounce it wrong uh leg waving slash dangling shaky's home circuit rookie pocket rocket which is one of uh, the ones that I know I, I always noticed him coming out with this corner named after uh the height of a rider resplendent uh, which is a great one that's one of his favorite words sponsor name uh, I beg your pardon Previous racing history, former world superbike champion, lady friend, uh, <laughs> age of rider, sound of bike, booking and weaving, track history, and team boss mentioned. Um, and they do one of those for every single Jack Burnicle round of the calendar, which will be all the BSB rounds for this season.
2: I am following this account right now. Yeah,
0: we're going to have to play, this, play along with this and as the season goes on. And also, turn turning the notifications life, Bingo, on, it? I'm
2: going to turn the notifications on so I get the notification of when the new one comes out, so I actually remember to play along.
0: Yes, because it is—it is, it is glorious. I—I I, I love this. Um, when I read that, I just laughed for ages. He also um, made that mistake again of calling Pete Hickman Keith Hickman, which I absolutely <laughs> Um There is—there is a Keith but Hickman. Does exist I have in to this say?
2: Place. I have to say that I enjoy Jack Bernardi's references to yeah. Speedway because you don't get much airtime, and it's my beloved little sport. And so, if he wants to keep to on about. Whichever speed of rider in the world he wants to go on about, then you you carry on pop it. Because mm, at least it. it's getting a little bit of uh, airtime on Eurosport. Yeah, and as long as he
0: doesn't miss uh, Alex Lowe's from, from grid positions, you're all happy. Then, um...
2: that, yeah, that, that's when I get a little bit upset with him. Yeah, when but, I can but, but, quite but, uh... clearly see the hole on um, grid five, grid yes. position five, Still and I'm going... Where? Where's Alex? He's not there. He's not lined up, and we're getting ready for 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 the lights out. Where is he? And then Jack hasn't noticed it, and then we get onto lap three, ladies and gentlemen, and he goes, "Wait, where's Alex?" Like, he did a bloody start. <laughs> Here
0: yeah, it happened. Yeah. It happened about fifteen months ago, and she's still not forgotten it. um But uh, but no, it, he, we we mock him, uh, but he. Uh, he has, I love him. He, he, we love him. Yeah, we love him because he, <laughs> he has one thing that you cannot fake in, in motorsport commentary, and that's passion for it. He loves the sport. It uh, does come across. So, um, yeah, if if this ever reaches Jack Burnicle, we're, we're not taking the piss. We, we do love you, really. It's all in uh, in good fun. But, yeah, play Burnicle mm-hmm. bingo um, for the next round <laughs> at Old Park in a couple of weeks. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, complete the news uh, or move on with uh, some sad news. It's around Brad Binder. We mentioned this last week that he was going to undergo surgery. Um, having uh, encountered some complications with the plate on his arm um, that he um, he had fitted in the run up to the season. Um, and it moved over the course of the weekend at Argentina in the in the sort of practice sessions leading up to the weekend. He still raced with it amazingly and finished ninth uh, in the Argentine Grand Prix. Um, that surgery's now taking place, Bex. And if his Instagram's anything to go by, it must
2: have been a painful procedure, that. Uh, that's nasty I, yeah. do, I am not a fan of the photo that he put on Instagram Um, I mean I'm screaming to the best of times but that the uh, no no words no, no just, words um,
0: except get uh, well soon Pratt yeah um, because yeah it looks seriously painful Um, and uh, yeah it, it kind of as we said last week with, with Dre kind of puts into perspective what he did that weekend in Argentina so still finishing the top 10 Given what mm. was his second ever Moto 2 race by the way um mm. and um yeah he had a plate that was causing him all manner of grief uh, in his in his arm so uh, yeah get well soon brad hope to see you back soon uh, in moto 2 he'll be replaced in the meantime by ricky cardus um moto 2 journeyman to many of us um but he's also the ktm test rider or he's been testing for them in the run up to <laughs> the season so he he has some experience with that bike so he's probably the uh, the ideal guy to replace Brad Binder for the meantime, and um, yeah, his teammate Miguel Oliveira looks like he's going to be flying the bike for them in Binder's absence. He's clearly got a lot of pace on that bike, so uh, yeah, get well sooner, Brad, and um, we we certainly expect KTM to continue to do well in his absence. Um, Final piece of news, and this is a funny piece of story uh, story from Thailand, um, surrounding Andy West, who hasn't had the greatest of starts to 2017. He got a podium. Uh, famously in the World Supersport race at Phillip Island. Then uh, went to Thailand for the Supersport World Championship round, couldn't find a bike to race on, um, so couldn't take part. Then went to Aragon for round three and his bike burst into flames in Superpole. That was that for the weekend. Um, he then won a race in the Asian Road Racing Championships and got disqualified from it and went on a foul mouth or not foul mouth, but a pretty controversial tirade against the championship uh, on Instagram, which was later deleted. Um, Now, he went on to apologise this week, um, and he uh, to quote his own uh, statement on Instagram. I would like to apologise to the AIRC and the organisers for calling it a corrupt championship, um, which he he did days earlier. As a man, I don't ever like to accuse anyone of anything, and I vented my frustration in the heat of the moment, which is a professional racer I know I should know better. Not to, as it's now been brought to my attention that our team did not remove camshafts and I was misinformed. That was why he was disqualified. I would also like to apologise to Tai Yamaha, which was the team that inherited the win from him, stating that they played a part in my disqualification, which has now been shown to me was not the case. Um, Whenever you have competition, you will have conflict. I'd like the team and the ARRC to sit down and resolve their differences. I'm here to race bikes and win and that's all i want to focus on i realize that i'm a role model to a lot of young fans out there and i do not want them to send or i do not want to send them the wrong message i like to help out the kids as much as possible and being a good role model is another way to do this i'm sure that we can all learn from this for the future and move forward and improve on this so there is no repeat thanks again for all your support and see you at the next round i guess if there's a a, a lesson to be taken from this and bex if there's anyone to uh, pass this lesson on it's yourself think before you speak right
2: <laughs> i am just gonna say that quite clearly i am aussie at heart because i go on a lot of rants that i don't think about and so does anthony west and then you have it to is. come on the next uh, possible chance to uh, say sorry that was my bad i didn't mean any of those words especially when you get uh, messages off certain riders who are in moto free no, asking a, why you're taking their piss out a, a of a guy
0: i've got uh, a couple of podiums to start the year
2: yeah that'd be the one again john mcphee i'm sorry i wasn't actually laughing at you it just came out wrong um so yeah um me and anthony west clearly would have a lot of fun over a beer because they would just be well we'd put the world to rights because we won't think before we say anything
0: yeah um only to then put out a a hastily prepared statement on instagram Mm -hmm. a couple days later um So yeah, uh, he's had a he's had a, a, an interesting old start um, to 2017 um, as Anthony West. Um, I'm trying to find the uh, the actual initial quote. Um, which he since apologised for, um, which um, Anthony West is probably desperate for us not to drag up. But um, it has been um, immortalised on the internet. Um, his initial statement was, the biggest proof about the politics in racing. After winning the race here in Thailand, as always, all the bike codes were holding the area after the race. The top three bikes were told to check the camshafts. As we have nothing to hide, my mechanics took out the cams and showed the FIM scrutineer. Our cam passed the test as being a standard Yamaha part. Then the organisers and, and Thai Yamaha tried to push the FIM scrutineer to make my team pull out the motors. Motors can only be pulled out with a formal protest and a payment from another team. As this was never done by Tai Yamaha, they had no power to pull out our motors. So together, the organisers and Tai Yamaha got the FIM scrutineer fired from his job. So without any FIM scrutiny, they tried to take over the situation and make us pull out. As we could see, nothing was done in the correct way. And following the rules, we could see they were trying to cheat us. We never pull out our motor and also tell refused how refuse to take out theirs. And because we are in Thailand, the home track, they time to choose their power together with the organisers of ARRC to control the situation. It's disappointing to be so badly treated um, just because we are a privacy with no power. I won the race fairly. They are being bad losers and not following the rules of racing. Um, and as I say, wow. he went on to say, I'm sad to see that ARRC is full of this type of politics and will make a decision this week if I will continue to race in this corrupt Asia Road Racing Championship. Um, he's obviously made that decision because he's apologised for those statements but yeah uh, Anthony West um, certainly keeping us uh, keeping us interesting, keeping us occupied while I need to up my game to, uh, to go on, yeah well there's still time because we're going to be talking Speedway very very shortly because um, <laughs> the Speedway Grand Prix World Championship gets underway in just over a week's time and since we had Bex on the show we thought we'd let her scratch her Speedway itch so we will preview the new Grand Prix season <laughs> in just a week. Right, you're back with us uh, here on Bike Live, and let's talk Speedway with uh, Rebecca James and look ahead to the 2017 Speedway Grand Prix mm-hmm. Series. Um, oh, in fact, before we do that, let's just talk Speedway in general, bets because um, yeah, you've not had the greatest of luck in the early part of 2017 with uh, the
2: venues and the meetings you've tried to make it to, should we say? uh yeah, no, Mother she has been a rock cow, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> me and her eight pals at the minute. i have tried to make, I think it's seven or eight fixtures. So far this season, I on Mothering Weekend. I never know quite know what to call that because obviously it was like was Mothering, mothering Sunday. Sunday, but I went down for the weekend. So yeah, that that period of time, um, me and me fam, mom and dad went down to Pool in Dorset, where I spent a lot of my childhood watching Speedway because uh, Cradley had shut. Um, to go and watch. A um, Darcy Ward invitational meeting, so it was a meeting put on by Darcy himself. He'd set it all up, he'd got some of the world's best riders over to to race in it. Um, and yeah, she rained, <laughs> and then she rained some more, and then she rained some more. And then we got eight heats of speedway, and it was far too dangerous. We had Carl Newman come off in the first race, I think it was, or the second race. It was his first race of the night, but I think it was the opening first or second race of the meeting in general anyway. Uh, He injured himself and got carted off to hospital. Um, And there were several other fallers during the meeting as well. And it was just too dangerous. You weren't going to get a meeting. You weren't going to get any racing. And at the end of the day, we were only in March when this happened. We got got all the way through to October to go yet. And I noticed for Darcy, and I know thousands of people turned out to watch that meeting because it really was... Probably the best field we've seen in Britain, minus Cardiff, in a long time. Mm. Um, it was the the calibre of riders, and that's all because Darcy was so loved and everyone wanted to help him out and raise some money to continue his rehabilitation. I mean, he's actually driving now. The, the, this is the guy who, when I spoke about the extent of his injuries um, in 2015 when they happened, cried live on air because I was so heartbroken uh and you know well, i
0: think he right- uh, yeah, did on on this show I, I i have to say it's just to point this out at this point in time if any if there's any in this week of all weeks motorsport has, has proven that it can really can sort of pull together when uh when one of its own is in need and and, mm-hmm. and our thoughts from everyone here on this show and on motorsport 101 go to go to billy monger who unfortunately's had um both of his lower legs amputated after his horrendous formula 4 crash at Donington on sunday um and the same happened for Darcy, really, didn't it? Um, yeah. He, he was a guy um, in, in a pretty bad state after what happened to him, and he needed he needed his the wider motorsport and motorcycle racing, in this case, community, to come together, and, and they came through for him.
2: Yeah, they did. I mean, it still, to this day, gets, gets to the back of my throat. I uh, just think what could have been mm. and what should have been. Um, and, you know, it, it started, there's still a long road for Darcy yet. Yeah um as he said in an interview himself he there's more chance of him ever walking again than he than the will to to ever open a a packet of crisps because of the the actual part of the spine that he broke um as i know he's uh, paralyzed from the chest down which considering the fact that he now drives a car and he's learning to drive one of these cars you know he just puts it into into perspective that he doesn't have full control over his hands because he'll never be able to, as he says, open a packet of Christ again. But he is mobile in the sense that he can drive a car now. And that's all down to the money that everyone who I appeal to on Twitter, on the show, on Facebook, on everything that we did, um, and the wider community helped, you know, get the car for him. And it's a real shame that it was, that meeting was to end that way. But those riders came together to aid darcy who was seriously seriously injured back in 2015 and you know there was no point putting themselves on the line you know we we wanted to see a meeting but we didn't want anyone else to get injured either so mother nature pissed on that parade yes um to to put it bluntly and then uh i wanted to go to a few other meetings shock good friday easter weekend i finally had Uh, a Friday night off, I never have one of those and I was like, yes, I'm going to get to some speedway (laughs) and then Mother Nature went ha, no you ain't (laughs) and rained and rained some more and so just as I was about to leave my house I thought I'm just going to check my phone just to make sure and lo and behold literally about three minutes before I was walking out the house uh, they'd called the meeting off so I've not had much luck so far at the moment, I've made four meetings out of the eight I wanted to go to uh, or actually seen four completed meetings at the eight I wanted to go to. Um, so, yeah, if she'd quite kindly do one mm. until October, I'd be really happy. I won't moan. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. That's... I
2: won't moan that it's hot. Things and I'll moan that it's hot quite a lot. But I won't moan that it's hot if she'd like to quite do one. Because I don't get many nights off with work at the moment as it is. And when I do, when I want to go in and draw some speedway. I don't Obviously. need her raining.
0: She's not kidding. Just look at how infrequently she appears on this show. Um, so, <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Um, tell you, let's look ahead then to the 2017 Speedway yes. Grand Prix season. And talking of people who have no luck, um, Jason Doyle is probably the guy who had very little of it towards the end of last season because he was looking in pretty good shape to win the 2016 World Championship, uh, having won three meetings in a row um, yeah. prior to the penultimate round uh, in Torren, I believe it was, where he had a pretty gruesome accident and injury Um, the ruled Mm -hmm. him out of that round and indeed his home round the final round uh, at Etihad Etihad Stadium in Melbourne um, and cost him the world championship I don't think it's as too uh, strong a a thing to say that it cost him the world championship and I guess the big thing for Jason Doyle then heading into the season A is is he fully fit because he has some unfinished business doesn't he
2: he does have some unfinished business and unfortunately as harsh as it may seem um that be how racing goes at times, yeah. you know. You can't do anything about the fact that he was giving it his all. He'd come on an amazing, amazing run and had put himself in prime position to take the title. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in this sport, for some reason, he chose to ride a bike with no brakes. And it came and bit him in the ass because hmm. he had a, a nasty, nasty crash. Thankfully, he...
0: Was it punctured long uh, uh, Yeah, amongst other things,
2: amongst uh, many other things, there was a, a few broken bones in there. But in, in the long and short of it, he's he's still okay, and he'll be able to compete this season. The thing for me with Jason Doyle is that he was such a late bloomer. I mean, if I think back to sort of like four years ago, he was barely a heat leader from off the top of my head in the Premier League, which is sort of the sec- what was. Then the Premier League is near the Championship because they have changed all the names in yeah, British speedway. It's very kind of confusing. The football system, they? Yeah, the so the Elite League is near the Premiership. The Premier League is near the Championship, and the National League stays the same. So whenever I talk about the, um, yeah, he, he whenever I talk about tier, the Premier he? League, he was in the old second tier. I mean, yeah, he. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was in the second one, not what is now the Premier League, because they've just confused the it tier, all.
0: That's the second tier in British Speedway, not World Speedway. Yes. He wasn't even on the... No, way. no,
2: that's... No, he wasn't on the world map. He yeah. weren't making the Aussie squad for the World Cup. They had the likes of... Well, they had Darcy and they had Chris, they had Troy Bachelor, they'd got like uh, Rory Stein or uh, Todd Kurtz or Max Frick or Troy Bachelor. You know, Jason Dahl was not even a pimbrick in the Aussie uh the Aussie scene at that moment because he he just wasn't good enough and this is when we're talking like you know he's 26 27 years of age fast forward a few years 30 31 he's nearly about to win his first world title and he's just like whoa hang up a minute pal where have you come from hmm. um for one and welcome aboard finally for two because uh, it's about time he joined the party because he's actually a, he is a really good rider um and I'm so glad that it started to come along. And I really hope he can put forward a championship push again this season. Yeah. It's going to be so, so hard.
0: Yeah, he, so, so And I'll come on to that for why soon. He won four rounds last season. No other rider won more than one. Uh, yeah. Because he was the only repeat winner last year and he won four yeah. of them. Um, I mean, so, uh, it was such a shame. He felt a fifth in the end in the points. Um, yeah. The, the However... All... Yeah, Can I just
2: say, that, that goes to show he won four and he fell dramatically by missing a, a meeting and a half. Hmm. That shows to show how well the other riders did by consistently scoring high figures. They might not have won, yeah. but speedway is not like your Worlds, your MotoGP, your British. You don't get a set amount of points if you come first, second, third, fourth down. What you earn for it the course of the meeting is what you, you score for the night. So, Ty Wolfington could make the final on 11 points, win the final, so, not, okay, would not be take,
0: the top scorer that
2: night. i would not be the top scorer. Like, you know, you could have Jason Dole that scored, like, 16, 17 points. Just depends on how it falls. If you get to the final and you could have scored, like, nine points and managed to get to the final or 11 points, like I say, managed to get to the final, win that. You're the overall winner. You get the gold trophy. But you, you might have finished last in the finals, the top scorer on the night. And that's how Speedway Grand Prix works. So, I know Jason won, like, four Grand Prixs, but... The other guys were so consistent with the big point scorers. That's why he fell so dramatically in just a meeting and a half. Mm. So you know, that's not taking anything away from him. That's just showing that that's how it, that's how it works for anyone that that doesn't know. So yeah, I wanted mm. to kind of explain that.
0: Yeah, Here is the man that everyone's shooting at, I suppose, um, for for 2017. He's Greg Hancock, the the right pole, the yes. age of seventy eight. He's he's still going <laughs> strong. Um, well, he's not actually. He's forty six, um, but he's, he's, he's still going strong. Four times world champion. Um, yeah. And we were talking about this off air before we started because I'm, I'm my knowledge of speedway is is limited. Bex is unlimited. Um, and <laughs> yeah, he's he's still a couple away from matching the all time record. And yeah. given that he's proven already, Bex, that age is no obstacle for him. Um, he might have that record in his sight soon
2: i think so i mean greg won his first ever world title in 1997 um then won his second world title in 2011 his third in 2014 and obviously his fourth last year
0: 20 years Um, since his first title
2: yeah i mean it's incredible it really is incredible the the longevity that greg hancock has had will never ever be beaten he's only missed i think it's two Grand prix since the Grand Prix format was installed in 1995 because they used to have one-off world final races where the world champion would be crowned on a one-off night and obviously then we came to the Grand Prix format where we I think it was 95 or 96 it got installed where you'd have I think you started off with six over the course of the season obviously that's now developed onto the, the, the massive season that we've got now. Um, I think over that course Greg's missed two and that was when he had that nasty smack that we talked about, him and Everson. Yeah. And Greg um shot his hand between the rear mudguard and the wheel of Everson's bike and ripped all the fingers and tendons and skin and everything else off. Um mm. and that's the only Grand Prix he's ever missed. Um, which is a shame. But that you know, no obviously that record's never gonna be broken, but the amount of time that he's been in the Grand Prix series from when it was brought in, is never going to be broken even. No one will ever go as long as Greg's gone at the top level. And the fact that he's still showing the kids what to do, he's still winning world titles, he's still as quick as everyone else, he's still winning Grand prix on the night. You know, mate, there's just no stopping him. And I actually wrote a column about Greg, um, shock, in the Cradley Heathens programme, and just said that I think I started it with um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but when your tricks are taking you to the top of the world, who needs them anyway? Mm. You know, it's just, there's, there's no point in him doing anything that changes the way he trains, the way he sets up for a season, whatever he is doing and whatever he has been doing for the last 20 years, obviously keep doing it because in the last six years, it's brought you free titles. So it's working, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, And that, that's the thing. So many riders in speedo at the minute and it's, it's one of these that really bugs me because I, I obviously am a Cradley fan. Um, I, I I like Paul and I watch Paul, but obviously I've been brought up in the Cradley area. Even though they've not been around long, well, I've you know been watching it because they shot when I was two. Um, I see so many riders in the National League that that walk around thinking that they own the Speedway world, and I'm like, mate, your name's so and so, and you're lucky if you stay on for four laps and score three points in a meeting. Don't come to me acting Billy Big Balls when you've got the likes of Greg Hancock that gives the nicest of interviews, stops and smiles of photos, signs every kid's autograph, cannot make enough time for his friend, family and friends and fans out there, literally cannot do enough for them. And you're going around stuck up with your head in your phone, can't be bothered to smile on a kid's photo, acting like you own the show, and it just bugs me so much. He can teach so many kids a lesson. Um, if only they'd listen. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I just, I'm looking forward to this season. If he can win five, um, gosh. Yeah,
0: what do you call it? Prucho? What should be? Oh, the the strife for
2: the five. The strife for five. I uh, stole it. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, that's what Greg Hancock's going for uh, this season. And yeah, as, as Beck says, he is, if, if, if there was ever the definition of a role model in a sport, um, Greg Hancock certainly is that. Um, mm-hmm. The former champion we must call him now Ty Wolfenden who mm. was runner up last season um, mm. his uh, pattern in, in the world championship over the last four years has gone uh, title followed by losing the title then won it again then lost it again um, mm-hmm. is it is it too simple Bex to say that he needs almost motivation wise he needs to almost be chasing the title to actually go and win it it seems that when he's won the title he seems to drop off
2: uh, he does actually seem to do that. His performance does drop, and as I say, you know, as soon as you've got your tar- that target on your back and everyone wants to mow you down... He didn't um, make a
0: great fist of his first title defence, did he?
2: Um, not particularly, no. I'll be completely honest. Um, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it with Ty. I mean, in fairness, a lot of people in speedway right, always struggle to defend their title. Uh, yeah. You know, I think off the top of my head, and I'm really, I don't want to let myself down there with this knowledge. The only one off the top of my head that I can think that has defended his title is Tony Ricciardi and I think and I hope I'm not getting the years wrong now because it's going to really upset me that his defence was either 2004-2005 or 2005-2006. I think those were the years of his defence and if you're googling this to prove me wrong now I'm going to really, really upset.
0: Oh, I have um, no idea what you're talking about. I
2: think... Off the top of my, like, bearing in mind I was like eight at this point. Off the top, and I do I do no research ever, and mm-hmm. Lewis will tell you this. So I normally have a flap at the start of the show going, I have no idea what's going on. I think that those are years um, that the defence of the title has ever been done. Um, in terms of the Grand Prix format, I'm not talking about World Final because they were just something else. But in terms of the Grand Prix format, I think it's either 0405 or 0506 gonna go 05 before you shoot me down um well
0: according to wikipedia which is not the most um it's not always the it's not the most best, reliable source. last person to wrong? successfully defend the title was nikki pedderson 2007
2: 2008 really did ricardson do it before ricardson did it
0: 2001 2002 and he won it 98 99 as well
2: Oh my gosh, I feel it. because I remember Rick Carson. I was only born in '93. That is
0: Wikipedia. So, yeah, you so, um, yeah, yeah. may not necessarily be correct. But, yeah, according wrong. to this, Pedersen won it in our seven I can't hour.
2: remember. But at least I know who, know who's done it in terms of when that ever comes up in a pub quiz. But it's so hard to defend your title in Speedway. I mean, as I say, because you don't have a set points limit, you can win as many Grand Prix as you want. But if you've not if you've only snuck into that final, you ain't going to reap the rewards anyway. I mean, we did have a format where you, you'd got the set points, but it just didn't work with Speedway. And I, I don't really know why. I, I can't really explain as to, as to why it just didn't work. It just, the point system didn't work. And that's why they've gone to, you get what you earn. If you have a crap night, you, you have a crap night. If you have a great night and don't win the final, you still get the points as a reward. I think because that's what we were finding, that some riders that, were just scraping into the final, we're, were winning the winning the night and, and getting twenty five points and the top scorer that had won all of his first uh you know, his five qualifying heats was finishing fourth in the final and getting like thirteen points on the not even getting angle for a minute. He's gone down from what he'd actually earned, sort of thing. Mm. Um and then they tried these whole double points in the final, you get six instead of three and two uh, four instead of two and he just very got very formidable. confusing. Yes, and now we've decided you get what you earn, and you like it a lot. Bit basically, good old speedway. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I do love
0: it. Yeah. So coming back to what we were we were initially discussing, yeah. Sorry, uh, Ty then looking to regain the yeah. championship um, this season, um, having having lost it uh, in twenty sixteen. Where else are the other title contenders going to come from? Then, Bex? I mean, the the bronze overall bronze last season went to.
2: Do, dare, dare,
0: do I call him a surprise package, Bartosz um Who's Only again? his, only his. What was it? Only his second ever season. Um, in... It was
2: his first full debut oh, first,
0: season. Yeah, first full season because he had ridden before. So this is only he his second ever season. That he's, yeah, he's only his yeah. second ever season that he's going into this year. Um, yeah, it was the point I was desperately scrabbling for. Um, but he's, is content, is a title contend? Is a title challenge beyond him this season, or can he actually? Not a he, chance. Is he one of the guys that you're looking at as a genuine contender? Because he was one of those who kind of went under the radar last season because he did finish third in the overall points without actually ever winning a meeting.
2: Honest to God, Bartek Smarjlik is probably one of the best riders on the planet right now. He is... Oh, don't let me down. He is the youngest ever Grand Prix winner because he won the Grand Prix as a wild card the year before last so he came in as a one-off hot shot kid on the night where, because that's what you get. 15 regular riders, well, yeah, you get 15 regular riders. You top eight automatic, then you get your picks, and then uh, to make up the 16 riders you get on the night, you have a rider from that nation as the wild card. Bartek Smarslec won that Grand Prix in 2015, and yeah, become the youngest ever Grand Prix winner. For him then to come into the the stage. Uh, into the world stage as a full-time... Uh, as a, I'm going to call him as a rookie because, in fairness, it was his rookie season as a whole and finished third. I literally, I think, in the same programme notes I said about... Um, I couldn't have been more surprised. I honestly didn't think he'd do that. I knew he's good. He makes the Polish World Cup squad every season without fail. 90% sure he's been a World Under 21 winner. He's definitely made the final, if not. Um, and he just... He's just one of those kids. He's just so fast. And I know that most of the Polish riders, nine times out like ten, are fast anyway. But he came onto the scene last year and he blew him away. And I know he didn't win a Grand Prix, but <coughs> I'm really sorry. He's already broke that, even if he wasn't you know, a full-time Grand Prix rider. He's already won his first Grand Prix. not worry about that. This season is either being consistent and finishing in the top three again, or moving up and getting either making it a total chase to be the out-and-out out world champion or, or finishing in second. If he finishes in third, I think, you know, it'll be a fair reflection. But for me, he's got a big chase in higher. He's good enough and he's fast enough to do so. And he's young enough to be hmm. there for a long, long time.
0: Just to round up how last season's championship finished, Hancock was the champion by nine points. This kind of doesn't tell the story because, of course, as we mentioned earlier on, Jason Doyle didn't take part in essentially the last two rounds. He didn't score points in either of them. He crashed in his first ride of the penalty round and then didn't race in the final round. Um, but Hancock won it by nine points from Ty Wuffenden. Um, Zmarslick was third overall on 128 points. That was two behind Wuffenden in third. Chris Holder, fourth, top Aussie. Although, as I say, that was down to Doyle's injury problems at the end of the year. He finished the season in fifth. Um, on 123 points so he only missed the championship by 16 points despite two non-scores at the end of the year um, Peter Pavlitsky was 6th on 99 then came Antonio Limbach on 93 and 7th Nils Christian Everson, who won the penultimate round at Torren which got him in the end into the top 8 by one point um, ahead of Matze Janowski um, but fear not um, if you're like Rebecca James who holds a candle to um, Matze Janowski <laughs> and as a big fan of the man named Magic because um, Janowski earned one of the wild cards for this season the full lineup for 2017 uh, Hancock Woffenden Schmarzlik Holder Doyle Pavlitsky, Lindback and Everson, who we mentioned were in the 8 the top 8 at the end of the season automatically qualify for the next season uh, of the Speedway Grand Prix um, but joining them this season will be uh, Mataj Zegar Matei Janowski Freddie Lindgren Nicky Pedersen motorsports favourite super villain um, Patrick Dudek Martin Vatilik, and Emil Saifudinov um, Yay! Three, three substitutes um, are you celebrating because I said that right or because you like him the three substitutes Peter Kilderman who won the opening round of last season um, Martin yeah. Smolinski and Max Frick um, the, the calendar looks like this we start as I say in a week's time uh, in Slovenia at Krusko um, before the first of three Polish rounds first of them is at Warsaw uh, on May the 13th then Latvia uh, Pils on May the 27th uh, Prague hosts round four on June the 10th, Horsen's in Denmark for the fifth round on June the 24th. Um, the um, Champions League final at the Principality Stadium gives way to the absolute main event at that stadium this season, that's the British British Speedway GP, um, the old Millennium Stadium, for those that haven't kept up with the change of name, July the 22nd. Melilla um, in Sweden hosts round seven on August the 12th, before Gorzhov, the second of the three Polish rounds on August the 26th. Um, the German round uh, in Teterow, September the 9th. Stockholm on September the 23rd for round 10. The penultimate round, as last season, is in Torrid, um, where Jason Dole will be hoping for a bit better luck this time. And we'll be hoping that he makes it to Melbourne for the final round on October the 28th at Etihad Stadium. We're very excited and giddy. Rebecca James will be waiting to watch him. Won't you, Bex?
2: I am indeed. I am. I, my beloved sport is finally taking me not only to Europe, but to the other side of the world. How many because... rounds are you actually
0: going to make this season, by the way?
2: Um, I'm doing Cardiff and Melbourne for definite this year. Um, It depends on holiday days and money as to whether I can sneak off to any of the European rounds along the way. Um, Hopefully I can. I probably won't be going to Sweden because it's too expensive. The, 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 the probably rounds that I will try and make would be Gorjoff. Because I absolutely love gorgeous I've been there before. Um, I obviously can't make Torren because I'm That's the
0: August bank holiday weekend. Gorja.
2: Yes, it is indeed. Um, I obviously can't make. Ta- My plan was the, to go to Torren this year, and I'd made plans with a few friends, and we were going to go to Torren, and everything was going to be hunky dory. And then I went, you know, i this. Torren's not quite good enough. I'm going to go to Australia. <laughs> so. Yes, you know um i'm going to australia for a month i fly out on the 1st of october i'm um traveling at first so i landed to sydney do sydney for a week brisbane for a week cairns for four days adelaide for three days and then I go to Melbourne as my last stop for a week. And in my last weekend that I'm there, the Speedway Grand Prix is on. And I am going.
0: Hmm. And if you listen to uh, Bex's last appearance on this show, you'll know that her in Melbourne misses the Australian Motor GP by hours.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah I didn't um, plan it very well.
0: Yeah, so she's uh, so she's cursing her luck on that one. Um, mm. But, yeah, back to back the to Speedway um, You then. never
2: know. Mother Nature she might strike up.
0: Yeah, you never and, know. Uh, <laughs> we might have a, a delayed race. It's, it's happened once already this season um but but no coming back to the speedway um one rider that we mentioned there that bex is very excited to see on the grid this season well not well, kind of the grid you know what i mean um <laughs> is is matt sayanovsky um who um didn't qualify as of right last season but got a wild card in to the championship which i guess is kind of deserved given that he did win a grand prix last season bex um he of course won in denmark at horsens i mean didn't actually
2: win a final though
0: didn't win a final but won the grand prix um mm. by kind of I kind of out of default. default really. He was the top scorer when it got cancelled, if you like. Um, but what do we think of him this season? He he, he started the season really well last season, and then it kind of petered out for him. I guess the task for him is to try and avoid that happening again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I might be
0: didn't reach top, top didn't reach double figures in any of the last five rounds last year.
2: No, um, I might be really biased here, but <laughs> I will. Be. Yeah, that's that's a lie. That's a lie of the century, isn't it? I am going to be completely biased here because I really like Matt Zainofsky and I think on his day, he is one of the best riders in the world. He has proved that. He's won a Grand Prix. He's won the World Cup with Poland. He captained Poland. Um, You know, he's been... Is he the Nürnberg's only one world champion? Uh, I think he has. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, you know, he, he's done it all before, and now he's just got to do it on the world stage with the big boys. And it didn't quite get a plan um, last season. But have no fear, this season will be different, and he's going to do it. And, and yeah, I, I will be going to Cardiff with my big five-foot by yeah. three-foot Polish flag that says magic in massive big writing on it. Um, You know, he had issues and I think that this year he's in a better headspace and it's going to work. Okay, um, so he is now ready to rock and roll. He has released a statement um, saying that last season was not so good for me and I've already forgot about this. I am focused on preparing for this season. A lot of things made my last season not so good. I'm trying to do a lot of things differently and I hope it will work this year. Before last season, I had a lot of private stuff, which was go- not going so well for me. It hit me a lot and gave me less motivation, but I think I will have that motivation now. Which is good enough for me, because quite yeah. clearly, whatever was going on, yeah, is it over. On market,
0: if nothing else, um, but, but <laughs> um, he's, um, yeah, he's no for, for fewer outside distractions for, uh, for 2017. And um, um,
2: if that's what it takes to get him in, within the top three, then I will, I will gladly take that too. Mm. Um, for me, you know, I think my, I think it's clear that Magic's in a better headspace, By the fact that he decided to go motocrossing a few weeks ago mm. and break his collarbone, ah. uh, which meant he missed the Darcy Ward meeting I... that I spoke about earlier. Um, had to pull out of that because he was yeah, in a we, hospital we, in we, Poland. We
0: know your views on motocross injuries all too well.
2: Yes. Um, other than that, you know, he's in a completely different headspace now. He's actually finally brought out his own merchandise that he's selling to his fans. He's been promising this for like two years and he's only just brought it out. I think, you know, he's sort of making the inroads now and he's made the changes that he needs to. So... Um, and no I've not yet bought the merchandise but yes it is on my list
0: when you're, I get paid you don't need to I um,
2: have made my own actually yeah that's true but, um, but I, yeah, I was so... impatient
0: <laughs> yes yes just to, just to wrap up then because I'm, I'm actually sat looking at the betting odds at the minute for the uh, the outright world champion um, for 2017 if I, if I was to put 10 of my hard earned pounds on it first of all if I was going to put it on Matt i get 25 to 1 um, for him this season but if I was going to actually look to win some money this season where should I be putting it
2: if you were gonna win, if you if you were gonna win some money, or if you were just gonna like go with the, the odds-on favourite? Um,
0: no. Who do you, who do you see as your champion?
2: Who do I see as my champion? The, oh uh... man, injury permitting, Emile Soufou enough.
0: Oh wow. He's well. He's seven to one. He's fourth. He's co-fourth favourite at the minute. Um, to Give people the full list. Um, Doyle and Wuffenden are co favourites four to one each. and um, then Zmarzlik at five to one, Saifudinov and Hancock are seven to one. Uh, Chris Holder is twelve to one, Dudek and Pedersen fourteen to what? one. Um Iversen, twenty to one, Yanovsky, Vasulik, Pavlitsky, Zegar, Lindgren and Lindback are all twenty five to one.
2: Who on cross surf has put them once together?
0: Uh well it might be because 'cause I'm looking at William L. It probably wasn't. True. Mate, we're you gonna, ain't gonna, gonna be gonna, in that new shop
2: him. for much longer if I've got anything to do with it, considering their odds.
0: Yeah, let, let's Jesus rig him up. Uh, no, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, those those are your betting odds from William Hill, um, official bookmaker of Motorsport One Hundred One. <laughs> <laughs> no, I joke. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the uh, that's the way it it lies at the moment on, on 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 the old betting website. So if you Okay, want to get so
2: the, mine. Mine would be. Yeah, who's Emma? your value pick? Okay, so MSO Food North, Aeronaut champion. One. Bartek Schmarzleck, second. Greg Hancock, third. Ty Woffendon, fourth. Chris Holder, fifth. Matt sixth. Jason Doyle, seventh. Doyle, seventh. Yeah. I think he'll do it. I hope he does. Mm. I hope an Aussie wins it in the final round. Yeah. So that that, that leaves Doyle or Holder. Basically, I've just put Doyle, well, fifth. Are you and you
0: uh, I guess. Um,
2: you're gonna be burnt alone <laughs> if you say that
0: well i was gonna say we've only got one Brit in the field because no chris harris this time uh, in 2017 but I, I guess you could almost argue there aren't any um but yeah um but that that that's the way i argue that when i'm
2: off air yeah
0: yeah we'll um yeah we'll, we'll save that one for a future show um speedway grand prix series as i mentioned gets underway in a week's time as you're listening to this saturday night april the 29th and it's all live on bt sport um so if you've, already, if you, if you've already got that for your MotoGP gp subscription then um you don't need to change anything MotoGP, gp and speedway gp are all in one place uh, with that let's look ahead to this weekend and uh, the MotoGP gp uh, world championship resuming for round three um and the uh, grand prix of the americas at kota in austin texas bex and um Mark Marquez holds the uh, record at the moment for most wins around there. He has four to his name. You and I are tied mm-hmm. with the rest of the world on not, um, because Mark has won every single Grand Prix to take place there. Um, and to pose the question that you dared me not to pose before we started this show, um, given that he's so far behind <laughs> in the championship, what on earth happens if he doesn't make it five?
2: Um, hell will freeze over, the sky will fall down, and I will cry a lot.
0: So there's some serious pressure on him here isn't there <laughs> uh, I mean it's I mean we, we, he's it's still early it's only around 3 of 18 yeah. but Maverick Vinales has won 2 out of 2 and taken 50 points Mar- Marquez has 13 points having crashed sorry he has 11 he was 5th Um, he, he's, he's he's way off the pace in other words in the championship and this is his kind of bank around isn't it this is the venue he always wins at yeah
2: Um, this is so, the one that if you need something to kickstart your season yeah. and get you on the right track this is where you go for Mark Marquez. This is your smack this at the wallet, there's twenty-five points in the bag. So I'm not being too dramatic it.
0: to call this a must win. Nah. You
2: think get a,
0: is little a bit, must win. But nah.
2: Yeah, it's gotta be a must win. You can't let you can't let Maverick Vignales get seventy five out of seventy five. No way. Hmm. Like I am the most avid Mark Marquez fan in the world. To the point where someone walked into my pub yesterday in a Repsol Honda top that had 26 on it and I turned around and said, weren't you wearing your glasses when you brought that shirt? Mm. Which he found highly hilarious. Um, No, because he he loves Mark Marquez too. And obviously I like Marquez more than I like Danny. It's not that I don't like Danny, but I just like Marquez more. And he found it highly hilarious and we stood there for like two hours chatting about everything uh, to do with the motorcycle world. Um, But I I thought that was quite quick for me. Um, But yeah, if if Mark Marquez does not win this... um, Oh man, literally, I, I don't. Time I think the world is going to go into shutdown yeah,
1: because no thing.
2: one's going to know what to do with themselves. Like it's, it's the shock. We're at Texas. Shock. There's a Marquez win. Like that. That's what you get. Yeah, it that's is. it. That's like going. Shock. We're at Donington. Shock. There's a shaky double or, or a Silks double. Or do you know what I mean? It's, it's just. Yeah. Or an Alex Lowe's
0: fall off. Like, <laughs> so what, we get, so, it's what yeah. we get. It's what the yeah. things I'll line like him that up, you that we him do. Him but no, he's, <laughs> he, he, um, he, yeah, he's he's never lost in America since his one two five days. It um, goes even further than that. He's, ever since he was um, a one two five CC rider back in sort of twenty ten. That was the last time he hasn't won a race that took place in the United oh. States, and um, that was Indianapolis. Um, so. That's the kind of winning streak we're talking about here with Mark. and it, For me, it's not so much the, the effect it'll have on Mark if he doesn't win there, because I think he'll probably just shrug it off and bounce back. That's kind of what he does. He doesn't really let disappointments affect him, but can you imagine the confidence boost that Maverick will take from this if he can beat Mark Marquez here?
2: Yeah. It's scary to think.
0: And he's pretty confident like his.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. T- I mean, in terms of the pre-race previews, a lot of people are teeing this up as Maverick versus Mark, in that we're finally going to get the head-to-head between the two that we haven't really seen yet. Uh, given that Yamaha have kind of dominated, well, they dominated in Qatar and they ended up dominating Argentina because Mark fell off ahead of them. Um, mm-hmm. Will Valentino Rossi fit into this? He's had a bit of a nightmare in the first two rounds, yet somehow salvaged two podiums out of it. Um, he says in the run-up to this weekend that he's got an account to settle um, with uh, the Circuit Americas, which I think is sort of roughly translated to say he's got a score to settle with it because he crashed there last mm-hmm. year. Um,
2: how much longer can Valentino
0: Rossi afford to just struggle desperately and then just magic a fix come Sunday? Surely he's going to have to get to grips with his Yamaha eventually.
2: Oh gosh, yeah, he's going to have to start sorting it out soon. Um, personally. I just hope Rossi takes the back seat and lets them pair 48 because it could get messy otherwise. Mm. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath,
1: yes. if,
2: if I'm completely honest, because Marquez ain't going to give an inch. Maverick Vinales needs to prove a point and Rossi just don't care because he, he's Rossi. So if, if you've got the three of them going, I don't. I, I probably won't be watching because I will have probably had a heart attack somewhere. Mm. And um, just... just Someone let me know if he crosses the line safe. That's yes. all I want to know.
0: If if, um, if, if, if MotoGP then is <laughs> going to be a bloodbath. Um, I guess Moto three, uh, given the location, should be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be chaotic. Uh, we've got a bit of an explanation to give our listeners backs because of course we previewed the Moto three season uh, about a month ago. Um, yeah. Our title t- uh, tips. Yours was Bastianini. Mine was Bulliger. And Bodega. Bodega. and to this Sorry. date, neither of them. Yeah, we still, we still haven't grown up. So I'm on Um But um, to this date, neither of them have scored a point, not a sausage.
2: Basically, what we're doing is we big them up, and then they're leading us into a false sense of security. And then by the time we get to Valencia, all will be right with the world, and they'll be one and two. That's my explanation. I'm sticking to it.
0: Yeah, that wasn't the that wasn't the explanation you gave our fair before we started in description of our predictions.
2: Uh, no, but I have probably swore yeah. far too many yeah. times tonight as it yeah.
0: is. We're shit, in other words, is what <laughs> we said um, pre-show, um, which um, so far isn't altogether um, incorrect. Um, because yeah, neither of our riders have scored points so far, all the Bulliger has earned is post-race penalties. Um, for, for his actions in Argentina when he sideswiped Fabio Di Gian Antonio. Um, meanwhile, in Moto2, um, Bex proclaimed in our season preview that if Thomas luthi doesn't win the World Championship, he should hang up his helmet. Well, he's over 2 so far. He, he's seconded the championship, but Franco Morbidelli has won two out of two. Um, now, in Moto2 is an interesting one because no one on that grid in Moto2 has won a Grand Prix in that class at like the americas um danny kent's the only rider in that class that has won a race at kota but of course that was a moto three race um back in his championship season um so it's it's almost impossible to predict isn't it Bets because kota isn't really for me much of a bike track so it's oh kind god of, no so, so what happens at kota might not necessarily what happens reflects what happens everywhere else
2: uh no but so
0: we, we might get the surprise winner
2: Mate, if Danny Kent wins that Moto2 race as the surprise winner, I literally don't, I, I might just give away my holiday to Australia, because I <laughs> won't know what to do myself, I'd just, nah, someone else have it, because, oh, Yeah, well
0: he no, like to say he's um, the only guy in that field who's ever yeah, won that's there, got
2: experience um, of, in, and in Moto3, on the,
0: the only guy who's ever won in the Moto3 class around codes is Romano Fanati, who won there last year. Um but um yeah he, Your pal? Yeah, my pal. He's um yeah, I, as I say I, I, I deserted him to go for another Italian and that's really sadly well, hasn't it, so far? Uh,
2: well you um, shouldn't be a deserter so though, should you?
0: No. Well Fanati deserted the whole class, didn't he, when he got booted out just team. <laughs> um midway through last season. Um it's gonna be an exciting old weekend. All three classes will be covered at this time next week, um on Bike Live episode nine. Uh, when we review the Grand Prix of the Americas, we will also look ahead to the World Superbike round at Assen, um, which is just a week away. Um, and of course, when we speak to you next, the Speedway Grand Prix series will be right around the corner. A huge thank you to Rebecca James for joining us again this week. Thank you,
2: Bex. Thank you very much for having me. I hope I haven't sent it off the rails too much.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can uh, hopefully drill will be back next week to extinguish the flames of his uh, his empire of Most Bet 101. Um... <laughs> We'll wait and see. Hopefully we can get the three of us on the same show eventually. Uh, At some point. Um,
2: Between here and the 1st of October, then yes.
0: Yes. Um, Well, news on that. Uh, For news on that, um, find us in all the usual social media channels. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. YouTube, where our weekly hangouts will be taking place, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Our website is motorsport101.net. Um, and indeed, if you want to back us financially, you can on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, um, where your contribution will earn you early access to this show and indeed also to Motorsport 101, which will return next week with episode 83. Uh, and we'll be back, as I say, next week with episode 9 of Bike Live. But until then, it's my thanks to Rebecca James, my thanks to all of you for listening, and we we'll look forward to your company next time. Until then, it's goodbye.
2: don't do not say those words of what if he doesn't win here because he will there is i, I it's not gonna not happen okay okay
0: Ooh, it's gonna end at some point
2: and if it does then i'm gonna bloody kidnap maverick bignanas and tie him up in my basement for the next eight months of my life i don't have a basement so i'll make one <laughs>